are you curious about uh, how AI is revolutionizing workplace safety, especially when integrated with advanced robotics technology? If that is the case, welcome to this episode 77, also dubbed the 27th episode of Extra AI, where we uncover the synergy between AI and robotics in creating safer work environments. And this is your host, Raghu Banda. And today, we are thrilled to have Megan Kellenley, the head of global marketing at German Bionic, join us in exploring this cutting edge topic. In this episode, Megan will enlighten us on the pivotal role AI plays in enhancing the functionality of exoskeletons, a forefront technology at German Bionic designed to prevent workplace injuries. We'll delve into how these AI-powered exoskeletons offer not just physical support, but also intelligent predictive insights, significantly mitigating the risk of the on-the-job injuries. Join us as we discuss the dynamic interplay between AI and robotics and its profound impact on safeguarding workers. This conversation is set to provide a deep dive into the innovative ways AI is being employed to complement robotics technology, specifically through the lens of exoskeletons, and to usher in an era of workplace safety. Don't miss this insightful discussion on episode 77 of Extra AI, where we explore the future of AI in enhancing worker protection and safety standards. As always, you'll find more information at the end of the podcast. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this podcast conversation. All right, uh, welcome back to Extra AI, a podcast series on AI and machine learning applications. And in this uh, new year, in the new season, we are now, we have done a couple of uh, podcasts already. And today I have the pleasure of uh, uh, talking with Megan Kennelly and on the concept of uh, how we can in improve workplace safety with AI. And we are going to do some kind of uh, conversation and some kind of interesting questions around that. Welcome on board, uh, Megan. Can you give us a little bit of a background about yourself, how you're connected to AI or ML or robotics? Yeah, absolutely. So my role at German Bionic is the head of global marketing. So part of my job is to educate the masses on what we do. So that's why I'm here today. So we do um, exoskeletons. So they're powered exoskeletons that help people lift and basically take strain off of their lower back. So what's unique about our exoskeleton is not only is it giving you uh, support for when you're doing lifts, it's also giving you power. So it's compensating mm -hmm. up to 30 kilograms of weight every time you lift something. But there's also an AI component in it that sort of separates us from everyone else because we are integrating AI and learning from the human body within the robotics. So it's kind of a unique element where it's bringing AI and the human element together to increase, increase workplace safety and be able to operate better for the people that are wearing the device. Mm -hmm. Great. I think, uh, and maybe if you could, before we get into the actual conversation and a bit more details into the 
uh, German bionics and uh, the exoskeletons that you're talking about and how uh, you're improving workplace safety. Maybe I would like to get a feel of how you got connected to the AI world and maybe a personal or a professional background about how you got influenced with AI, how things were happening in the past and how any, any personal or professional story. Yeah, sure. So from a personal perspective, I would say my relation to AI is more so on the user basis. So I have a history in marketing and it's interesting to see how AI has evolved in the way that I'm using it for my own tools every day. I mean, generative AI, when it comes to things like chat GPT or editing pictures or creating pictures, has changed so much even in this past year of how we're integrating some of those tools to create copy and be able to edit pictures that we're using. And all of that is just helping to make my job and my team's job more efficient and easy. And it, it's almost acting as a basis for some of the things that we do where, yes, we're still providing our input, but the tools out, that are out there are just far beyond anything I could have imagined. And I think it's cool to see how there's already so many different aspects of AI. I mean, the generative AI, and then looking at it from the human body integration that we're looking at it from my company perspective, it's just incredible to see what the possibilities are that are already out mm -hmm. there today, but what we can continue to do when it comes to AI in the future. Beautiful. Beautiful. I like, I like uh, the way you have uh, uh, explained how it is uh, really helping out with all these new advancements, whether it is generative AI uh, and how it, it can help advance the things that you are doing at your workplace as well. Absolutely. Any, any, any particular uh, AI advancements or upcoming AI advancements in the current world that you are specifically more interested in maybe on a personal level or a professional level before we take a break and come back? Yeah, I think when it comes to the generative images and video that are starting to be out there more and more, it's interesting to see how that might replace some of the things that we're currently doing today. I mean, are mm -hmm. we even going to need photo shoots anymore or video shoots if, if we already have all of the data out there to just have it done for us? I mean, that's interesting to me and something that I look at because it's it's something that affects what I do and I have to keep a pulse on that to see how things are changing. Because who knows, we, we might not even need <laughs> those things in the future because we have AI to do it for us. Right, right. Beautiful. Uh, let's take a quick break, come back and get into the real uh, meat of our conversation and the exciting topic of how do you improve workplace safety and the focus on how AI can help uh, improvise things. All right, uh, welcome back. So before we get started into our topic of workplace safety and how AI is going to help or improvise the workplace um, safety. Maybe I would want to take uh, your, your thoughts about how do you see, I know you've uh, uh, been working with German Bionics, I think maybe 
in the context of genomics or maybe in the bigger holistic picture, how do you see AI transforming enterprises or consumer businesses? Yeah, so I think just from what I know about AI, I see the biggest change from an efficiency standpoint. I think there's so much that has already changed in even my daily business that can be improved upon and made easier by AI that I think there's just so much data that can be learned from as well. So not only from an efficiency standpoint, but from an information standpoint, I mean, being able to process that kind of information about your business to make assumptions, to analyze is just incredibly efficient of instead of having someone do that manual, having AI do some of that work for you is mm -hmm. just such a time saver. And I think there's so much that can be learned from these businesses. I mean, from our perspective, when we're looking at workplace safety, when you can get data and learn from it, you're just constantly improving. So if the AI can help us in that and help us do that even more efficiently and faster, Mm -hmm. I see just improvements across the board, not only from a workplace safety perspective, but any perspective. I mean, we talked earlier about marketing and how I can do things so much faster and I have generative AI to help me in writing things and I can use image editing tools. That's just making my job that much easier so that I can focus on more strategic things. So I think mm -hmm. having AI in the business is just making improvements that much faster. And it's incredible to see how much advanced companies can get just by integrating some of these tools. Mm -hmm. So uh, let me let me put this question. Um, yeah, like uh, you have companies like Gemlin Bionics where you are dealing a lot more with uh, adding the component of robotics, which is helping the workplace safety for the customers and the users and the employees. How do you see AI complementing here uh, when we talk about robotics? I know maybe 30, 40 years back, there was a big wave about how robotics is going to take over the world. And then we had these expert systems where we talked about how AI and robotics can really realistically work together. I know things are now slowly coming to fruition where we are kind of realizing some of these aspects, I know on the software side of the things, like whether this is the generative AI with the chat GPT and these kind of uh, chatbots, things have picked up the pace. I know robotics, there are a lot more things that have to happen there to make things sure. uh, work better. But uh, I know there is, a comp there is a component of AI component which can definitely influence a lot more. What current AI advancements are you foreseeing that would help fasten this process and help companies like yours? Yeah, so I think when it comes to the stance of robots sort of taking over and taking people's jobs, we sort of look at it from the other lens where we see the value that humans bring to the workplace from a flexibility standpoint or a quicker action when things maybe go awry and aren't status quo. And that's where we want to keep people in the job and we want to keep them safe. But the way that we can do that and the way that we can enhance that is through AI. So just for examples, the way that we use AI is through learning from the human body. 
So we have certain sensors throughout the device that's collecting what we call telematic data. So that telematic data is ergonomic data, things like how you're lifting, how much steps you took throughout the day, how many of those lifts were like good lifts and bad lifts. And we can learn from that data and the AI can help with the, basically the system in the device be able to support you better. Mm-hmm. And it's learning from that individual person's movement. So every person has their own pin. That AI is learning about you, how the way you move and how it might be unique versus other people. And it can uh, adjust itself to make sure that it's supporting you better, to keep you safer, to make you more efficient in your job. But we also can use tools like AI to help us start noticing trends for the worker. Mm-hmm. So if they're starting to have more poor lifting habits throughout the day, we can recommend breaks and say, Mm -hmm. hey, I think it might be time for you to take a break here. Um, We're starting to notice that your habits are becoming more poor. Maybe now is a good time to get some water, take a break, come back to it so that you're not going to injure yourself. So I think when we can learn from the data like that, there's just more and more possibilities where we continue to use AI to either notice trends or be able to support the person better so that we're keeping them more safe and efficient when they're wearing the device. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. So, so yeah, so that's greatly, it can improvise the techniques, even the employees or the personnel using these uh, tools that, uh, uh, that you, you, you folks are providing when, when you're getting this additional data that you get and you can make better decisions and you can also provide better recommendations. Absolutely. Uh, Before uh, I continue further, I want to kind of get a bit of a, I want to take one step back. I know we already uh, went into the problem of uh, the workplace safety, but what are the typical challenges that you see when you interact with these enterprise businesses or consumer businesses? I know on a daily basis when you interact with them and when you're positioning your products, you 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 see that there are some things that are really not working well. And what are these typical challenges? Uh, and why do you think that is a problem? And how are you? I know when I say workplace safety and workplace injuries, they take a huge, uh, they take a huge portion of the insurance costs as well, right? Like, can sure. you talk about a bit of that? Yeah, so I would say, When we talk to organizations, a lot of times the biggest problem that they're trying to solve is the manual labor workplace safety aspect. There are still aspects within warehouses, logistics, manufacturing, where it requires human labor to do Mm -hmm. the job. And a lot of times that is sacrificing these people's bodies. And the number one cause of workplace injury is typically lower back injuries muscular Mm -hmm. skeletal injuries. And that's where we come in and say, hey, we have something that is going to mitigate the risk ahead of time so that you're not putting your people at work. We want to keep them in the jobs. We know that they're required to do these jobs. A lot of times automated solutions are either too expensive or they're not just not quite fit for what the job is. And it still requires that manual element. So we're sort of providing this hybrid automation solution for the customer. So not only is that going to help mitigate things like their insurance um, claims, their workers' comp claims, but also reduces sick time and Mm -hmm. creates happier workers. 
people that can go home at the end of the day and still have energy to be with their families or do do hobbies that they enjoy are going to be more happy and dedicated employees than someone who is going home with back pain every single day. Mm -hmm. So typically you are working not only with these enterprise businesses uh, trying to understand the uh, the worker behavior or the employee behavior when on their regular habits that they have, but also you're also looking into the aspects of uh, many of these firms. I think when you are dealing with manual labor and other things, insurance plays a big role because this is where I think then the big big problem of how, how much of uh, insurance that we have to put together for the workforce that you have. So here you are taking the ergonomic data to in a way that uh, you are trying to position or understand from the ergonomic data and reshape the workplace safety, right? So that you can reduce injuries. But can you uh, explain or fine tune uh, uh, about how this ergonomic data uh, can reshape the workplace safety overall Absolutely. or even or even reduce the injuries. Yeah. So we talked about from a personal level, how the ergonomic data can be used, but from a company perspective, we also have data insight platforms that's giving you a complete overview of your workplace safety ergonomics. So if you have certain teams, everyone I mentioned before has their own pin. So you can set up certain groups and you can start to learn from that data and, and understand okay, if I'm having some issues with this group, I can start to learn, is this a training issue or is this an environment issue where I'm seeing a lot of ergonomic risk? And you can identify, do I need to change the workplace around because maybe they're having too tight of, of a quarter where they're having to twist and do lifts or maybe they're having to walk too much throughout the day. So you can start to infer different details through the data that's being collected from the devices and start to get an understanding of your workplace in a more smart level and rearrange things to make them more safe and also can rearrange things to make them more efficient. So if a certain group of people are having to walk miles and miles throughout the day for their jobs, can you rearrange things to make that more efficient and easy throughout the day to make them um more efficient, I guess, the word. Right, right. No, great. I think um, I like the aspect of how you can improvise the, not only the worker safety, but also how it can play a big role in how the companies can plan, uh, how they can handle the workforce. And in that way, how they can improvise the things, or not only the things, but maybe the, the surroundings or the workplace and make a better workplace so that you have happy workers and happy employees and that transform that transforms into better results. Exactly. Uh, I know. I know you briefly talked about uh, exoskeletons, right? I thought. I think for the sake of the audience, I think can you uh, maybe explain or maybe uh, give an overview or explain a bit more about what it is and how it helps uh, the uh, reduce the workplace injuries. Yeah, absolutely. So I think taking it. All the way back, when we think about exoskeletons, a lot of times what we think about is rehabilitation exoskeletons. So being able to have um, a bionic knee so that someone can walk again. The way that we are targeting exoskeletons is from a preventative standpoint. So what we provide, basically, 
fits on the body like a backpack and mm-hmm. attaches to your legs as an anchor point and has a, a vest. And then the way that it works is there's two motors that basically are sitting on either side of the hips. And mm-hmm. the sensors in the exoskeleton are following your body movements. So when you go to bend down and then come back up, the motors are engaging following the body's movements and are basically twisting you back up to that upright position. And the motors are taking the weight off of the lower back. So we focus on the lower back only. There are exoskeletons out there that focus on overhead work um, and a variety of other of other. Um, task. But we look at it from a commercial standpoint where we see lower back injuries as the number one um, issue. And Mm -hmm. that's where we think that we can provide the most benefit. We sort of stand out from others because we are a robotic exoskeleton. And that means we are powered and using motors. So we run off of battery power. There are other exoskeletons out there that are used basically for um, body energy. So it's using things like strings and pulleys to continue to give you that posture and support, but used more for lighter loads and lighter lifts. So still um, an excellent solution, but there are different use cases that they can be used in. Careful. Mm-hmm. Is there any particular, um, I know you have explained about how these exoskeletons can help reduce the workplace injuries and you gave a very beautiful explanation of how we can even visualize how this looks like. And of course, I also urge our audience to go and take a look at your website and get a bit more accustomed to understand what what is happening there. Uh, Any particular, we don't need to talk about the names of the customers or any confidentiality material, but any particular example that you could quote, a real-time example of how these technologies are used in customer scenarios and they realistically improve the workplace conditions and better workplace safety. Maybe yeah. that is one question and then maybe another, I think once you answer that, I, once we get into that, I also want to talk a bit more about German Bionics in detail. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, there's a billion that I could bring up and it's typically, it's funny, the use cases that you see throughout the different customers are often very similar. Um, There are certain aspects within the logistics, manufacturing, warehousing that um, are common amongst them. Things like palletizing is a huge area for us because automation tools, not quite there yet, I think, for palletizing. Another Another one that we see a lot of times is moving goods off of trucks into sorting areas. Another area where sometimes difficult to get a piece of machinery in there, so you still need manual labor. Um, Even in the manufacturing industry, we've seen a lot in food processing where bags of either Mm -hmm. sugar or whey are having to be uh, walked upstairs and poured into vats. And that sort of delicate texture is another area where it's a little difficult to use an automated system. So it's still manual labor in there. So, I mean, there's uh, plenty of different customers to mention. We just worked um, up in Canada with a customer where they integrated um, a big automated system, but there was still a gap in there where they had manual labor still helping out in the back warehouse. And specifically that unloading of the trucks and putting it onto the conveyor system was an area where 
they wanted to invest and do something for the employee, but they weren't exactly sure what. And so that's sort of how we had the conversation about how we could come in and do a demo, see if it worked with the system, worked great. And I think now they are able to sort of look at this upgrade as a whole, where we're complementing the automated system with that hybrid sort of workplace with the um, manual labor staff in there. And I think it's just been great to see how it can be integrated into many different industries, whether it be manufacturing. We just launched our healthcare exoskeleton mm-hmm. too. So this helps with nurses and health aides when they're having to transfer patients either from the bed to a wheelchair or getting them up for the day and putting them into a chair. They're also having the strain of having to lift someone who typically might not be able to help themselves. And that's putting strain on the lower back. So it's been nice to see it used not only from an industrial standpoint, but also now for a healthcare standpoint as well. So I think there's just endless possibilities where we can continue to evolve and see what use cases are out there where we can help. Right. Right. So predominantly, I think uh, the focus is more on how if there are these automated systems and you still need some kind of a manual support or manual help, how you can augment that or how we can fill the gap there. And obviously for many of these uh, industries or the uh, companies out there which have predominantly manual labor, of course, they will definitely be in a much better situation to use your tools and uh, how they can augment and improvise the workplace safety. Beautiful. So, Can, can we can we talk a bit about uh, German bionics at a high level? Maybe you can provide a quick overview about German bionics at a high level with the overview. And also uh, maybe touch base which of the industries that you are focused more on, whether it is whether it is like you talked about manufacturing industry and retail or other things. And uh, what are the areas I think where you focus more on? And, and of course, are you also available globally or is it predominantly maybe a few, few thoughts on that? Sure. So um, we are a global company. We did get our start in Germany. It actually started from a research project um, that was funded by the German government to address the issue of lower back injuries in the workplace. And it stemmed from that project because there was so much interest into an actual business where um, both of our founders were actually family members. One came from the hardware side of things, the robotic side of things, and the other came from a software background. So it kind of made sense mm-hmm. for them to put their heads together and, and see what else could be done from an exoskeleton perspective. And we really got our start in the logistics area. And I think even today, you'll see that in Europe, logistics is still our top industry. Since then, we've stemmed to other areas of Europe, Japan, and now the U.S. We've been in here for about two years. It's interesting to see the kind of industries that and how they are more popular in different areas. So in North America, I think we found that manufacturing is more of a hot spot for us over here versus the logistics over in Europe. 
But like I said, there's really an abundance of industries from logistics, manufacturing, distribution, healthcare, like we talked about, construction is another one that we see often where they're having mm -hmm. to lift things like um, tiles or having to lay bricks and having that back support from a prolonged bending perspective is also being uh, beneficial. Airport luggage handlers, also another area that we've seen be popular. But yeah, there, there's really anywhere where you're having to do repetitive heavy lifts from either like a shoulder perspective to the floor or floor to shoulder perspective, there's an opportunity where this could help. So I, those are really just the beginning of where we kind of focus on, but it'll be interesting to see where else it could evolve. Right, right. Beautiful. I think uh, some of these industries that you have mentioned, whether it is logistics or manufacturing, and then to some extent, uh, healthcare, I think, and there are, like you said, like, there are a lot more applications out there which could definitely improvise and improvise the workplace safety when using these exoskeletons or which will help uh, improve the workplace safety. So this takes me to the question about, uh, I know these are great tools and I believe you'll have some great testimonials from your customers and the users of these tools on how they are improvising. Any particular uh, measures that you do to understand the effectiveness of these tools? Because I know you, you also have competition out there. You also have to outperform the competition. So internally, maybe there, there are two questions here, right? Like one is like, obviously externally, how are you measuring this effectiveness of your tools? Uh, maybe with the customers and all, but internally on the same side, if you see, how do you, when you do your process of improvising your tools, how do you measure the effectiveness of these tools uh, and maybe embedding these AI technologies into these exoskeletons? Sure. So I think from a customer perspective, there's a few things that we often look at. Um, it especially helps that we are a connected device. So everything is running to our data insights platform. It can be connected through Wi-Fi or LTE. So you're kind of seeing a lot of the ROI for yourself from a customer perspective. Um, seeing the decrease in injury rates, seeing decrease in workers' comp claims, seeing um, a decrease in sick days. Uh, that's mm -hmm. another one that has been a sort of a call out for us that customers have said they've seen a, a huge decrease in sick days just from calling out from pure back pain. And mm -hmm. we've also seen an increase in being able to staff so it's being used as almost an HR um, attraction and retention tool where mm -hmm. they're showing that they value their employees and it's setting them apart from other manual labor fields that are out there. People want to work for a company that is supporting them and wants to protect them and they're giving them these tools. So I think those are a few ways that we sort of look at it from a company perspective. We also see productivity levels. So we're either seeing increases in productivity levels or uh, a steady productivity level. So oftentimes companies have said, hey, in my afternoon shift, I'm starting to see a decline in my productivity because people are getting tired. I mean, it, it makes sense. So they're saying, if I can keep my productivity level throughout the day, 
that's mm -hmm. also a huge win for customers. So that's also been something that has been reported back to us. From an internal perspective, I think it's all about working with our customers to hear what's going to be beneficial for them. But it's also something that I see every day that our engineers are always keeping a worker first mentality and a wearer first mentality. They want to hear from the people that are actually wearing the suits of what they can do to continue to evolve the hardware and the software to make it easier for them. So we're on our sixth generation of exoskeleton. And with each iteration, we've worked with our customers from both a management level, but also a wearer level to make things more improved. So from our fifth generation to our sixth generation that we just launched this past year, you'll see things like a different vest that's a little bit more breathable because we got some feedback that the other one in hotter weather was a little bit more sweat or a little less sweat resistant. And we've also moved some of like the battery packs down to the bottom to be more ergonomic. So small things like that, that we get feedback from, I think is how we make sure that we're always one of the leaders in the market because we listen to customers and we actually want to make sure that the things that we're doing make sense for them as well and that we're mm -hmm. hearing their concerns. And I think we just constantly are always looking to do more studies about the effectiveness of it. We work with um, local hospitals, we work with local doctors, and we have physios on staff to always make sure that what we're doing makes sense from a human body perspective. So yeah, I think just being able to learn from our customers, but also the fact that we are using data and AI and we are connected, there's so much that we can learn from the actual device data. Mm -hmm. We can mm -hmm. see our whole customer data and learn from that and start to make our own trends and assumptions and come up with new tools that can just continue to put us in that next category. Beautiful, beautiful. So you've mentioned that you work with, like uh, I think you have different kinds of customers. A customer in the logistics space might be different from a customer from the um, man manufacturing stage and a customer from maybe a healthcare space might be different. So you have all kinds of big and small customers. Is there any, uh, how, how how is this meaning made available to the customers? Are they have to purchase it at, at one stage or is there a option to pay as you go? Or is there some kind of, uh, you, do, do you want to explain about the model there? Yeah, so we actually have two different ways of operating. One is you can just purchase it outright, but we also do what we call a robotics as a service where mm -hmm. you can lease the device as well and rent it monthly if that's something that works better for you. So we try to be flexible in the way that we work with customers depending on what works better for them. Some people start small and then expand. Some people go all in and just do it as a complete rollout. So it, it varies. And I think it varies by customer and what their preference is. Right, right. Beautiful. I think, yeah, that makes definitely sense. Like whether you can go pay as you go, a rental kind of a thing or outright purchase and then get into whichever works better. So now I'm coming to the most interesting part of the podcast, which is which is what I term as the million dollar or the billion dollar question. I you, I remember, I, I believe you mentioned that you started in Germany. I also work for a German company. I know how it's the discipline and the rigor that we go through and when we are building the products. Uh, and of course, you also 
uh, working uh, or you're also available in countries like Japan where there is a lot more focus uh, on the <clears throat> rigor and the discipline and other things. I know you are now also available in US for the last two years or so. There are a lot of this, there's a lot of competition out in the market. How do you, what is the differentiation factor? How do you differentiate yourselves from the competition? Um, any few words around that? Yeah, so I think we talked about the whole um, passive system versus power system. I think that's the very first thing that I always bring up is with a powered system, you're using motor technology, battery technology, so it's able to support more weight compensation for those lifts. So if you're in an industry where you're having to lift heavier things, a powered system is definitely going to be where you want to look. So that right there is a differentiator. The fact that we're connected and have those ergonomic data insights is another layer on top of that powered system. Having the AI tools built in there as well. And I think just the fact that we've been around for a good amount of time, we're on our sixth generation. We actually have like a bunch of customers that we are working with that we use to learn from and improve the devices. And yeah, I think we just always have that customer mentality in mind. German engineering, I think they know what they're doing. Um, so that's that's always great to have that value prospect out there of, hey, this is a legitimate business. We have very talented people on staff who really care about workers and always are keeping them front of mind. That's something that I always am very impressed with whenever I speak to them is that's their, they don't, not that they don't care about the company perspective, but that's their number one is these are the people that are wearing this. We want to make sure that they like it and that they feel safe and that what we're doing is making a difference for them. And I think that, from my perspective, is something that I think sets us apart. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, um, great having you on board for our podcast conversation. And yeah, thank you for having me. It's a very, very, very uh, important topic. And now uh, with all this uh, uh, about workplace safety and other things, any any key takeaways or closing remarks that you would like to provide to the audience and maybe how and where and what they can do to understand and learn a bit more about whether it is workplace safety or whether it is German bionics. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, to learn more about us, you can definitely visit our website, germanbionic.com. We also produce a lot of videos on our social media channels. So you can visit us on LinkedIn, Instagram. We also have a new TikTok where we kind of dumb down some of those common did you knows or questions that come mm -hmm. up and they're light and fun videos that you can learn about either just general workplace safety, exoskeletons or our device specifically. And yeah, I mean, we're always tomorrow we're doing a webinar on the standardization of exoskeletons. So that'll be coming out later this month. And yeah, I mean, we're always just trying to continue to educate. It's certainly a topic that I understand is not as prevalent or it seems a little futuristic. So that's part of what we try to do is just get the word out there that these things exist so that right. again, we can find new use cases where it can be helpful. So yeah, reach out to us if you have ideas or if you're interested, we always are open to doing an evaluation to see if it would be a good fit. We're completely honest about it. And yeah, would love to work with anyone that's interested. 
Beautiful. Just for the context, I want to let you, uh, I want to let the audience know that we are Jan 22nd. So when you said tomorrow it's Jan 23rd, you have these available, right? Okay. And, yes. Yeah. So by course, the time this comes out, yeah, it should be, yeah, it yeah. should be out there. Yeah. By the time this comes out, it should be already known. Beautiful. Thanks uh, for coming on board. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. As we conclude this enlightening episode of Extra AI, I would first like to extend my deepest gratitude to our distinguished guest, Megan Kennelly, for sharing her invaluable insights on the intersection of AI and robotics and enhancing workplace safety. Megan, your expertise and the pioneering work done by German Bionic are truly inspiring, and we are grateful for the knowledge you have shared with us today. And to all our dedicated extra audience out there, thank you for tuning in and being an integral part of our community. Your enthusiasm for exploring the realms of AI with us is what makes this journey so rewarding and compelling. As always, I will be tagging Megan on my LinkedIn post. And if you have any further questions, feel, reach out, feel free to reach out to Megan directly. Or of course, uh, you can also reach out to me, Raghu Banda. I can and I can put you in touch with Megan. Of course, you can also reach out to me on my other social media channels like on Twitter or X, my RK Banda handle, or on LinkedIn, my Raghu Banda handle. You could also go to my website or our website, extraai.com, xtraai.com, and you can find humongous amount of other episodes in the realm of AI where we have had many more interesting conversations with other guests. And feel free to send that interesting feedback and comments. And that is how we try to understand your feedback and grow and get more different guests. Finally, one thing, we have many more fascinating conversations lined up, delving into various aspects of AI and its impact across different sectors. So stay tuned to Extra AI for more engaging discussions with different experts and thought leaders in the field. Don't forget to subscribe to our Extra AI podcast on your favorite podcast platform to stay updated with new episodes and the latest trends in AI. By subscribing, you will ensure you will never miss out on the insights and discussions that keep you connected to the evolving field or the evolving world of AI. Thank you once again to Megan and all our esteemed listeners. Keep exploring keep questioning, and keep learning with us here at Extra AI. Until next time, stay curious and stay informed. This is your host, Raghu Banda, signing off until next time. Happy predicting the future with AI technologies, wherever you are dialing in from. Thank you and bye-bye now.